while the conversation might start as as something around performance, it often leads to those topics, stress, anxiety, overwhelm, burnout. And really, I try my best to educate through the lens of breathwork, these people on the nervous system and their own nervous system and helping them get in touch with their own nervous system. This idea of interoception, this ability to tune into the sensations of the body and understand your own inner state rather than just living in this sort of top six inches at the gray matter up top. Hello and welcome to Unsaid at Work. I'm your host, Catherine Stegmacy. I'm an executive and team coach and I'm interested in the conversations that we don't have at work. This episode is the second part of a conversation with Jamie Clements about the healing power of our breath. If you haven't listened to the first part, this isn't going to make a lot of sense. So stop this and, and go listen to part one and we'll be here when you get back. Part one is where Jamie explains what we mean by breathwork. It's a big umbrella term. He has a sort of framework of three different pillars. It's very useful in understanding that. And he paints a very inviting picture as to why we should be paying more attention to the 25,000 breaths we take every day. So as I say, this is part two. Do go and listen to part one. If you have listened to part one, yay, let's continue that conversation. In this episode, we get to talk more about the success that Jamie's had with working with corporate folk. How do they sustainably make changes? Their language is very much around leadership optimization. I think I can relate to that. How to focus on breathwork and nervous system regulation to really combat stress and anxiety and burnout, something I see so much of in the clients that I work with. So I can see so much value in, in understanding this as a tool. We get into how breath also can send you into altered states of consciousness, a lot like what you might get with psychedelics. And also some of the psychedelic research suggesting some of the similarities between the physiological responses in an altered breathwork state to that of what happens in psychedelics. I found all that really interesting, really interesting stuff. And we finish off with some online resources that you can access if you're curious to take this a little further for yourself, including some of his own resources, which I've tried out and which are great. So now let's drop into the second part of my conversation with Jamie Clements. I'm really comforted, I think, to hear that it took you six to nine months as well before you had that real big catharsis. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, 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 often I will continue. Definitely. Yeah, I always think it, it would be so much more compelling as a marketing narrative for me to say, oh, it ha- all happened in my first session and it can happen for you too. But it's just, <laughs> it's it would be a lie. And I think it also creates a slightly different narrative to say, okay, there was there was enough in it for me that kept me coming back. And, and eventually I got to that point mm-hmm. once I was able to let myself go there. And there's a lot of lessons to be found in that that journey with it. Maybe people are similar to me, but I it was a very similar experience with five rhythms. I started, which is a sort of movement meditation practice for those who don't know. And some people go along in their first session and have a real transformational experience mm. in, you know, in the surrendering into the music and the process and the, and the, the movement meditation that it is. And like five, six years, and I... It was like sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad. I'd project all my stuff onto didn't like the music, didn't like the teacher, didn't like the heating, couldn't move with what was there with me. But I kept going back. Ten years later, I'm now training as a as a five rhythms teacher. But I think you've got to trust your instinct. Even my my brain doesn't make sense of this. Does my body go? There is something good in here for me, and mm. that that can be enough sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Do you have a story that you could share about? 
some of the corporate people that you've been working with and their journey? Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's a, a client of mine who I'm working with at the moment and a couple of others who probably fall into a similar, a similar camp of very high powered, very successful, very lovely people, all men actually, which, which I, 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 I spend a lot of time working with, with women. And I always love men coming through my door because I think everyone needs this stuff, but men also really need this stuff and perhaps typically mm. a little bit more skeptical and reluctant to enter into these realms. And yeah, the the work that I will typically do with men and, and with these, these sort of more CEO, entrepreneur type clients tends to start off through what we've touched upon there of, of a lens of conversation around optimization, around performance around work and around okay how can i make sure that my success and my my growth is is sustainable i think that's probably probably the best way that i could boil down the work that i do with them is around sustainable success and that touches on a number of different mm -hmm. areas so i always with virtually all of my private clients will start off looking at pillar number 1 functional breathing respiratory physiology what is your natural resting state of breath and how can we look to to optimize that because that is that's important and that's a a pit, like a, a foundation of everything that is to come afterwards and so starting there and that continues as a, an underlying theme and then i'll typically be focused as well on nervous system regulation and, and helping them build their their toolkit and a lot of these people that i've worked with in the past and more people coming from the corporate sphere when i work with teams as well unsurprisingly, the conversation tends to, to hinge around stress, anxiety, and mm. while performance can often be, yeah, but burnout, the, the list is, is long. Mm. And often while the conversation might start as, as something around performance, it often leads to those topics, stress, anxiety, overwhelm, burnout. And really, I try my best to educate through the lens of breathwork, these people on the nervous system and their own nervous system and helping them get in touch with their own nervous system. This idea of interoception, this ability to tune into the sensations of the body and understand your own inner state rather than just living in this sort of top six inches at, at the, the gray matter up top. And through that, it's helping them almost map themselves day to day to go, okay, what is my current state? Where am I at? Am I way overactivated? Am I in high stress without even realizing it? And how can I start to bring myself back down so that I don't head towards burnout so that I don't then start struggling with my sleep? It's about, and this actually is where it crosses over with the work that I do with athletes. The, the best metaphor that applies into a corporate space as well is that the state that serves you in the boxing ring, the state that serves you in the boardroom, the state that serves you on that presentation or that public speaking gig that you had to do is not the same state that supports you in resting, recovering, sleeping, spending time with your family. What a lot of people fall into, especially these more high-powered, high-functioning individuals, is that they found their success in being on, in being ready to go all the time. And that is where we get burnout. That's where we get fatigue because they lose the capacity to switch off. And on a very physiological level, neurobiological level, that is where we get stuck in that activation response. And our, our heart rate variability to come back to metrics 
goes through the floor because our nervous system is no longer going into activation out of activation it's going activation at all hours and that is knackering if you speak to people and i think i might be in this category sometimes they say they're not stressed because they are stuck in the on the button you know, there is an on button that's just stuck on on and you don't realize there is an alternative so like now i'm fine so this is why your work is so important is understanding the small range that you've limited yourself to or you're operating in and how far interactivated it permanently is that is so interesting yeah i absolutely you've hit on something that i talk a lot about and it's a not a, a particularly sophisticated quote this time but it's if you sit in sh- <laughs> if you sit in shit for long enough it stops smelling and basically if you are sat <laughs> If you're sat in an overactivated state <laughs> all the time, it stops feeling like an overactivated state. If you think of your nervous system as a 0 to 10 scale of activation, let's say a healthy normal balance is, is sitting at a five and ticking up when you need and down when you need. If you put your foot on the gas for a very long time, that five starts creeping up to a six, to a seven, to an eight. And if you're then sitting at seven and eight all the time, you're producing adrenaline, you're producing cortisol, stress hormones moving through the body, but you're still there when you're sat on the sofa watching TV and you're going, oh, I'm resting. Your body and your mind and your nervous system are not resting at that point. And that is the problem that we get ourselves mm-hmm. into is actually the inability to switch off. And there's a good friend and colleague of mine called Ollie Patrick, who is a, a, a master of, of this work. And he says that actually our issue as a society isn't too much stress, it's the absence of rest. And that for me is, is the, mm-hmm. the kicker because stress isn't the problem. We demonize stress. Stress is, is certainly not the problem. It's a lack mm-hmm. of healthy rest. It's a lack of healthy recovery. And that I think is, is what I always try and sort of reinforce with, with everyone that I work with. And the beautiful thing of this conversation is breath is the way into understanding where you're stuck and, and how to get out of that. Yeah. I want to double click on the sort of the third pillar there of altered states, because I think for a lot of people, if they have any understanding of that, they're thinking like, what, drugs? Like, what do you mean by altered states? That the fact that, like, that we can reach altered states in ways that don't involve drugs is probably new to people. Mm. Can we talk a bit more about what's going on in an altered state? Yeah, absolutely. I think again, it's one of one of my favorite things about breathwork is is its capacity to to enable altered states without the use of of drugs or or medicine or or whatever it might be. The reason that I I'm quite and a, a lot of my colleagues in this space share this we're, we're mindful of not using the term psychedelic states or labeling the state as mm-hmm. anything in particular. There are certainly crossover between some experiences you can have with breath and experiences that you can have with psychedelics but altered states of consciousness simply for me at least boils down to any experience of consciousness that is non-ordinary so anything that is departing from your ordinary waking state consciousness and the way that that can show up in in breath work is is varied it can be deep insight and clarity it can be enormous catharsis and emotional release it can be the subconscious becoming more present and memories and old visions coming through. It can be deep, deep meditative states, and it can be more traditionally psychedelic in nature with colors and patterns and visuals. And so 
that for me is is why it's important that we we talk about altered states rather than anything in particular around the nature of the state but that for me I, again is the is the beauty of this work because it can just be so varied and it varies from person to person and from session to session and through the breath and and modalities like you mentioned with holotropic breathing i work with something called conscious connected breathing there's lots of schools within this realm but they all work off a similar intention which is using the breath to create this experience this journey of an altered state of consciousness and in that altered state of consciousness is the same sort of biological response happening that it does if you are on psychedelics you know my, my understanding of psychedelics is that, that it takes off your the ego offline or what we now call the domain default mode another word for it i've gone blank default mode network thank you it takes it offline is that the same physiological thing going on with altered states and breath work the honest answer would be we believe so tbc is sort of what we're working with at the moment but it's in in the conversation there's conversations that i know the guys at imperial are having in the psychedelic research lab there about what is going on with breath work because it seems to be playing out in quite a similar similar way it would make sense in terms of speaking from personal experience and obviously professional experience as well of, of what we see in those experiences in terms of comparison, in terms of feeling, in terms of somatics, in terms of brainwave activity. There's certainly something similar going on. I'm personally not at a point myself where I'm, and I know others are, where I'm willing to say this is definitely what's happening because the research is still really mm. in its infancy with with this style of, of breath work. But it's exciting because I think as more and more people are coming to it, there's a, a desire to dig deeper and to understand. So I think it'll only be a matter of time before we have a clearer picture of, of what's going on. But yeah, my personal sort of belief and, and hypothesis is that we're looking at sort of ego dissolution or certainly ego downregulation, default mode network, reduction in activity. We do know that we are reducing blood flow to the brain in specific areas. Whether that then links up with ego and default mode network is still sort of, again, TBC, but it's an, it's an exciting conversation to have because I know that there are lots it of is. lots of people bridging the gaps between the two. And obviously, holotropic breathwork itself was born out of Stan Groff's work with LSD. And so naturally, the two have been bound together for from the best part of you know, 60 years. To say a bit more, I think people won't know, be up to date on sure. Stanislav Groff and, yeah, so and Stan his Groff, origins in the, the LSD. Yeah, one of the original, in the US, original LSD researchers and proponents of that work in terms of the healing potential of, of LSD and psychedelics. And when, uh, this is a shortening of the, the, the full story, but when all of his LSD got taken away, he sort of scoured the world looking for ways to create similarly healing altered states of consciousness and and discovered breathwork and established a school of holotropic breathing. And that's been one of the the core schools within this deeper end of the breathwork spectrum for for a very, very long time now. And I love holotropic as a term because it comes from the Greek moving towards wholeness. And that to me sums up what is going on and and the process mm -hmm. that it's uncovering. So yeah, I, I really love the notion of of breathwork as holotropic as a modality. 
And just to, to be clear, if people aren't after when 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 Jamie says that he, that he lost his LSD, it got caught up in the war on drugs and, and LSD research, of which there was a lot going on at the time, got shut down. And some very exciting, potentially positive work was coming out of the use of LSD in the application of, in a therapeutic sense. Yeah, I find it so interesting that this was a sort of a, a I mean, what a gift, right? That that, mm. that it came out of that. What I think is a disaster, though it's a perspective. A setback. <laughs> um, a setback. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting. If people are curious, hopefully we've we've piqued people's curiosity. Where would they start doing any of this work or, or exploring how to do this work? What would you suggest? Yeah, there's there's a huge huge wealth of resources online now, both through myself and and just more broadly. YouTube is always a good starting point with this stuff. I think both in terms of breath education, breath awareness, the first couple of pillars of simple breathing techniques and exercises. Most of the main like mainstream meditation apps have brought in in the last couple of years, their box breathing practices, their breathwork practices into that. They're unlikely to go very deep into that third pillar. And I would say, while it is possible to experience that third pillar online as a self-practice through YouTube, through practitioners who are providing those services and through certain apps as well. For me, when it comes to that depth of experience, the most effective way to experience that is in person. It is either one-to-one or in group. They provide different things, obviously, given the dynamic there. But I would really, if people are curious about that, I don't think anything can quite match the real in-person experience yeah. because there's there are things as well around safety, both physical safety, psychological safety that have to be thought about once we get into that deeper end of the spectrum. And I think that is something that that needs to be taken taken with great care. And as well on a more, I guess, pragmatic level with a self-practice of that kind of breath work is if you're on your own at home doing it via YouTube, there's only a certain level of depth that you might be able to go to because part of your brain is going to be making sure that you're still safe and that you're still okay. Whereas when there's facilitation, you can sort of hand over some of that responsibility to the facilitator uh, to say, okay, this person knows what they're doing. I can relax and surrender into this experience because that's where the good stuff lies. If the mind's still ticking over going, oh, this feels weird or am I doing this right? Or am I going to be okay? Then the depth is is mitigated because we we are wired to keep ourselves safe and so i'd really encourage people if they do want to dive deep into that work to to find a space to to do that in person as hopefully you can you can attest mm. to as well yeah i was going to say completely the same i there's no there's no chance in hell that i would have done the depth i think there's more for me to come but it, it, without being a facilitator i wouldn't have done it mm. uh, i wouldn't have gone there and i think the the entry level is interesting around pillar one and pillar, pillar two, I think that's probably why I was even curious. Like I'd, I'd done box breathing and it has worked for me. And you're like, okay, there's something in this in this stuff. And I'd point you to some of your own resources, which I've just started your 21-day uh, breathwork course. I'm doing the live version. I think that'll be available beyond that uh, as, as a self-paced course. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So that is for me, that was something I always wanted to create from quite an early point in in me starting this this business and it obviously took me some time to to learn and, and grow in myself to to bring that to life but it's it's really plotting out the that full spectrum approach to breath work in quite a 
hopefully quite an accessible, digestible way to say, okay, we're going to start at the foundational level with functional breathing. We're going to move through into the nervous system, and then we're going to dip our toe in that deeper end of the spectrum so that someone listening to this conversation can go, oh, I, I quite like the sound of all of that. It all sounds like it could be of use to me. And so giving enough to, so that people can get started on that breathwork journey, or if they already have a certain amount mm. of experience, can can deepen it a little bit further. And with that, I always try and marry up the the knowledge and the understanding and the education with the applied art and science of it and the, the practical side of it. Yeah, I'm loving it. It feels very, right from the first lesson, it's, you're learning about yourself. It's not theory. It's like mm. you're learning that my own numbers, my heart rate variability number on, on the lesson two, I think it was. You're like, oh, wow, okay, I need my aura ring. Yeah. <laughs> so it was you. I can blame you for having me actually going and buying it eventually. I will put a link to that in the show notes. I think it's a, I think it's a great resource to have. And, and you also work with, with corporate people going, oh, I wonder if I could bring Jamie in for a retreat or an offsite or to work with one of my senior leaders who needs help. That's the kind of work you do as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's probably some of my favorite work that I do, to be honest, is, is going into businesses and, and being invited to, to share this stuff with people. Because again, mm. there's always a, a vast array of levels of openness in a, in a setting like that. And I take great pride and pleasure in breaking, breaking the skeptics or at least winning them over a little bit more and, <laughs> and planting a seed. Bringing um, them all. Yeah. No, I really, I love offsites, just one-off workshops, uh, little bits and pieces like that. I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy. Oh, beautiful. You even got a, a retreat in Portugal in, in August, which I, I won't make, but I'm going to be in the next one you do because that just looks completely amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm hoping you're going to do more well. of those. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, love, <laughs> I love my extended retreats because I actually went to a breathwork retreat in Sri Lanka before I started teaching. And that was a, a real catalyst for me uh, getting into this space as well. And so I like to create similar spaces where people have, because people can have such amazing experiences with a one-off deep dive, but we do that over five, six days. And the amount that people can get in that container is, is mind-blowing. I'm still in touch with people who came on my first Special. retreat whose lives have mm. changed dramatically because of what they found in, inside themselves ultimately. Wow. Love that. Grateful for the work you put out in the world, Jamie, and being a beacon of taking control of ourselves and living better lives so thank you for your work and thank you for being on the podcast oh thank you so much i really appreciate you having me and, and likewise i really yeah appreciate your work and yeah it's such a pleasure to have this conversation i could really resonate with jamie's comment about the issue isn't too much stress that it's absence of rest i think that's a great reframing of stress the theme of stress comes up a lot in coaching and i know how hard it is to look at how we rest. This idea that if we're sitting down, that we that we must be resting. There is so much simplicity in tracking our breath as a signal for what's really going on in our body, in our nervous system, and telling us how rested we really are versus what our mind thinks we might be. And yes, if you want to go all geeky like me, getting an aura or a whip ring is really going to help with that. And if you do, let me know how you get on. I hope this episode has got you curious to explore how your breath can improve your well-being and perhaps you just start with some noticing or perhaps you want to do a dive into a facilitated session certainly the in-person experiences are very powerful if you're london-based check out jamie's website he does quite a few in-person group sessions in london he also has a 21-day breathwork course 
that I'm currently working my way through as a sort of self-directed course, and I find a very helpful introduction to this topic. But whatever you do, my friend, keep breathing. And until next week, this is your Wingwoman signing off. <laughs>